Welcome to Word of Truth. This is Doug Presley. It is 4-2-2023. We're continuing in our worship service where we left off with the thought of the week in prayer. Go right ahead. Okay, thought of the week. Believers in Christ can also be influenced by a satanic thinking. While we cannot be indwelt by Satan, he still attempts to assault us by urging us apart from the truth. God is in the soul and owns us. So we do not we so we do so we don't have to worry about synthetic think Satan bringing us back into the kingdom of darkness anymore. Even though we are redeemed as new babies, we are not innocent. Our minds are filled with darkness, evil and false reality. They kind of think it is always in us where we are saved. Peter says, therefore, break us off of our mouths and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and spat of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so by it, you may grow up in your salvation. What is cure for a mind filled with darkness? It is begin a regiment of truth. It will be called milk for new for the newborn baby. Many think they must behave or else give into a Satan's temptation. It is just the opposite. We start out filled with satanic thinking, and we must not and we must rid ourselves of the darkness. If we do not adapt, I constant regimen of milk and then evidentially press us on to the meat, we would certainly not be equipped to take our place in the battle. Thinking of the satanic ways of evilness is about we are grieving the spirit of, 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 of truth. We know that we cannot be indwelt as believers in the body because we are also indwelt by the Holy Spirit. So the, the indwelt only refers to unbelievers who can be indwelt by the satanic also, but the believer can also, by the way of their thinking, be indwelt also by living in a chronology state of mind. So as Peter said, we must not be indwelt we must also rid us of, of 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 the milk of the word and just be involved with just the spiritual things. So we understand the thought of the week as believing in Christ. So we I'd like to turn it over to the white to give us all the support here. Amen. Thank you very much, Dave. I appreciate that. Um and amen. So does anybody have any specific things they would like to express in the prayer at this time? Um, I think God knows what, I know God knows what's on our hearts and minds. And so those things that we are concerned about are always um, in front of him, things we are thankful for as well. Um, continue prayer for Mike's family, um, Deborah. His wife had surgery uh, 
and so she is recovering. So just continue prayer for her. Okay. Okay. Anyone else? I'll certainly be praying for all our families, etc. Always on our minds. All right, so let's bow and, and come before God in humility with thankfulness and uh, let him know all our concerns. <clears throat> Dear Father in heaven, we want to thank you, first of all, for the opportunity to get together and share insights into your word, insights that are given to us through the Holy Spirit in cooperation with the Holy Spirit. May we continue to have a um, attitude and hearts of humility and an attitude of humbleness and um, and hearts of humility so that we are remain capable not to grow arrogant or conceited in, in our knowledge, but to use it for good according to your plan that you have laid out for us in the Word. I want to pray also for um, the Word of, Word of Truth family, uh, those on this call and those associated with our church, that all of us would have hearts that are open to realize and understand, comprehend the plan that has been given to us um, in all its detail by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, we are able to be transformed and come to the knowledge of the detail in this plan that you have revealed in the Word. It is not a mystery that remains a mystery. It is a mystery that is revealed to us. And I want to pray also for the church worldwide, um, wherever there is oppression going on. Let the, let the hearts and minds of the believers be diligent and seeking God, or you will reward them, whatever their situations are. They don't have to be measured by our standards, but um, you know them, and you know whose are yours. Um, and we ask you to help each one of us and them now, um, those believers around the world. We also want to pray for our families and extended families for health challenges and financial challenges. And we want to particularly call out Mike Presley's family and his wife, Deborah, having just had surgery. Pray for her recovery and um, pray for her renewed health. Um, I also pray for his church, our word of truth, that they may continue diligently seeking you and understanding the truth further and deeper that it is, until it is assimilated in our hearts let them run the race with endurance and let that be our motivation uh, powered by love that you have for us let us love your word in return and pay attention to these things and so that we may grow up not only into our salvation, but into the truth that you have called us into. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. Thank you, uh, Dwight. Amen. Thank you, Dave. We are in Galatians chapter 2. This is where we are. We're going to move forward. And uh, Galatians 2, and we're really at... Uh, Galatians 2 5 but some recap some recap in 4 Galatians 2 4 you should have notes and let's look at um, the opening of the notes here it says as we launch out into Galatians chapter 1 
I'm sorry, that's the wrong notes. <laughs> Stand by. It's two. The Apostle Paul established his calling and decisions made to keep it authentic. Uh, this new calling comes with a new dispensation revealed at Pentecost, just as Jesus promised. Paul reveals details about his ministry and establishes himself among the other apostles. He received the right hand of fellowship from his peers, and there was agreement on how to proceed. Paul recalls an incident with Peter. He saw the Jewish influences on the church and quickly addressed the matter publicly. This gives Paul an opportunity to show the, the metal of the new revelation. It also confirms and establishes the hidden theology and foundation of the church going forward for all the apostles. So, as I said, we were in Galatians. We we I think we finished Galatians two four in our notes, but I just want to cover quickly to get uh, some background of where we're talking about. Galatians 2.4, this matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. Point A, the matter. Apparently the matter was serious and the spirit of truth wanted to set the record straight. Let's review. So we should know that what we are reading today is the record. It is that which has been forged in signs, wonders, and various miracles. God has put his stamp of approval on the information that we're reading in the Bible. So it's not just like some other book. It is God testifying to the fact that these things are so. So now we know that which direction to stand on. Should we obey the Mosaic Law? No. Are we under certain parts of the Mosaic Law? No. Are we of this world? No. So that is the thought. So let's look at this matter. We're in four. One, the matter is larger than circumcision. As we saw in Acts chapter 15, 1 through 5, it wasn't just the fact that they wanted uh, believers to be circumcised. They wanted them to keep the whole Mosaic law. They wanted them to uh, convert to Judaism. That's what they were after. Point two, there was spying going on which means there was an organized resistance to grace from the Jews. So organized, which there were factions in the church already. Some of these factions were, we should know, were resisting the new dispensation. Now we have to guard this. This is why we're not just here to talk about the gospel. We have a way of life that God's, it's God's agenda for us in this age. So there's two prominent purposes that we have uh, spelled out in 1 Timothy 2, 3, and 4. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all men to be saved and to come to a full knowledge of the truth. <clears throat> so all of that is part of our agenda when we're here. And that full knowledge of the truth we know is just what Jesus said. The Holy Spirit will lead and guide us into all truth. When he comes, that is. Um, three, they wanted to bring everyone under the Mosaic Law, rejecting God's direction. That's what they were trying to do, which was evil. 
We should know that. We should see that as evil. Just like Paul uh, or John said, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So we should recognize if it's not according to the body of truth that we have been that we have received, and faith is used more in terms of the objective sins, then certainly um, it is not according to what God would want. He doesn't want you to obey the Mosaic law. That's not what you're under. You're, you're, that's not who you're not an Israelite. So for for someone to try to compel you to be circumcised and to to convert to Judaism, to see yourself as Jewish, that would be wrong thinking. Clearly. That's the enemy. That's the enemy's thought. It is not the thought of God. So they openly, verses point number four, they openly rejected the new dispensation, even though God testified that this was the new direction for the church by signs, wonders, and miracles. So we we got to make, make sure we don't lose focus on what God has established. And they would have you look at the signs, wonders, and miracles as, wow, look at what we can, you know, we boast signs, wonders, and miracles. That's not the point. God made a demonstration of signs, wonders, and miracles, not to wow us, but to establish the new direction. He's always done that. Think about it. Do you think that Pharaoh would have let the children of Israel go had not God brought forth the miraculous signs and wonders that he did, the plagues, the judgments? You think Pharaoh would have said, okay, okay, fine, whatever God says. He didn't care about God, but God had to demonstrate his power to let people know that he was God. There's no doubt about it. And Pharaoh would not have relented and said, okay, God, go for it. Do what you want. Let him go. Get rid of him. Because that was certainly not on his mind to do. But God, through power, established that. And all throughout the Psalms, you see that whole thing continuing. God freed us. They even made songs out of it. God freed us from the powerful hand of, uh, you know, and brought us into this freedom and so forth, you know. So hold on a quick sec. Hold on. Resuming. So this is, we're not to have a cavalier attitude about signs, wonders, and miracles. We should know directly what they were here for and why they're here. When Jesus came to present himself as the Messiah, he showed, he demonstrated that he was the Messiah through power. People were seeing the works that he did and were, were convinced that this man is not just, he's here under the auspices of God. And if we get that confused, thinking, well, God, work a miracle, and then I'll know you're God. You missed the point. God established who he was in such a huge way and his direction for the church. And, and yes, there's going to be more things, miraculous things happen, and God can work miracles. We know he, he, he has the power, <laughs> but that's, we pray that his will be done in those areas. But we recognize why he does those miraculous signs, wonders, and miracles. So point, point five, notice it does not say they rejected Jesus Christ, but they rejected the spirit of truth, the liaison for this new dispensation. Yeah, if you, don't, if you reject the spirit, you cannot understand the things of the spirit. You can't even know them because they are spiritually investigated. That's the only way you can investigate things that eyes have not seen, 
ears have not heard, neither have they entered into the heart of man. The only way you can investigate that is by means of the Spirit. It's otherwise, it's foolishness to you. So the things we, I'm not just saying the things that we believe are foolishness, they're reality. But the unbeliever who, or the, the person who doesn't have the spirit or rejects the spirit cannot understand the deeper things of God. <clears throat> Point six, we have the freedom in Christ and have a different purpose than, we have freedom in Christ and have a different purpose than Israel. God can. Now just note, even though we have a different purpose than Israel, we are not saying that God has relaxed his standards in some way. Oh, in the Old Testament, he was austere and hard and, and exacting. And, and you know. But then in the New Testament, he's just love and fluff. And, you know, anything goes good. You don't have to keep the law. Don't worry about all that stuff. That's not me. I'm, not, I'm just loving wrong, wrong. God did not compromise his standards in the least. He has a different purpose for the church, but his standards are still the same. Our acceptance and rejection by God is still the same as it was when Adam sinned. And his righteousness is not compromised in any way. But he is free to direct a new purpose on the earth if he chooses so in his sovereignty. And he does. He does that in Christ. So, uh, this is, uh, we have freedom in Christ. We're a different purpose than Israel. That, that goes without saying. God can do that. He has the liberty to do that in his sovereignty. Point B, <clears throat> Jude 1.3. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. So this is to say that you know, he wanted to talk about salvation. That, that was a great subject. And we need, listen, salvation, I call it the deep things of salvation. You can talk about what the, the necessary requirements are to be saved. But then we can get into righteousness and justification and propitiation and all the different things. Justice, right? How God condemned all and then has mercy on all. We could talk about all the, the wisdom of God in salvation. So we, we have different subjects to talk about. It's not just about salvation. And Jude wanted to write, to contend, to talk about the warnings against false influences that were assaulting the early church. We'll get, we could get into that later. Maybe Jude is a book we'll get into. It's a short book. It shouldn't take us that long. Point number five, which is also Galatians 2.5. We're moving forward. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved in you. This first point is to give in. There are things in this life where we should stand up. And the gospel, according to the new dispensation, is certainly one of them. And I gave 1 Peter 3.15, we should give an answer for the reason of the hope that is within us with gentleness and respect, or King James, meekness and fear. Right? So 
we, we should be ready, right? To, when people do, when they come and, and inquire about who we are and why we are doing the things we're doing and why do we think the way we think, well, we have to be ready to answer that as part of our witness in the world. And Jude 1.3, we just covered that. It talks about that there are, once we understand salvation, we are able to shift gears and to uh, understand the deeper things of God. We can understand different subjects. We, salvation isn't the only subject that God is trying to grow us up and help us understand who we are. So that's an important thought. So we have to stand up. Right? This is why we're here. And you know, this is why the world will hate us. So opposition is not bad. We can't be conciliatory or compromising when it comes to the world and who we are. There are certain things we can say, you know, that's a non-essential, it's not a big deal, you know, I'm working, you know, yes, I see 10 things wrong, I can't correct all 10. I may just be able to focus on one thing, and that one thing might be the gospel, or that one aspect might be a person maybe occupied with sin. Let's just focus on the fact that sin is not the issue in our acceptance with God. But we, we will understand the wisdom that God, the Holy Spirit, is helping us to focus on with that individual or persons or groups. So we, we can't just give in. And if we did, then we would be a part of the world. People don't know what's on the inside of us. They can't. They can't understand why we say the things we say unless we have opportunity to explain them. So there's a new dispensation. There's a new way of life. They may not understand. They may be trying to convince us that we should be walking in some ways that Israel walked in. We certainly are not going to walk in the way of the big lie where they thought that they were justified by the law or that they thought the law was their justification before God. That was certainly... We can't give in to... Now, if you think about what the matter was, we covered all that. And we said that they were, the matter wasn't, it didn't say anything about Jesus Christ. The matter didn't say, well, we, there are some people who are urging you not to believe in Jesus. That wasn't the matter. The matter was that they were urging them to not uh, give up the Mosaic Law. They were urging them that this new dispensation, which we have in Christ, this freedom in Christ, spying out the liberty we have in Christ, they were urging them to say, no, you need to be Jewish. You need to be circumcised. And that was the matter. And so these were believers trying to urge upon them a different way of life, to convert to Judaism. Remember, circumcision was the tip of the iceberg. You, once they wanted you circumcised, then they wanted you to keep the whole Mosaic law. And ultimately, what are they saying? Convert to Judaism, which is an out-and-out rejection of the new dispensation, which is who we are in Christ. We do not give in to them for a moment. Point B, so that the truth of the gospel Here's a reference to our way of life after salvation. So when we, call, we characterize 
our way as the gospel. It is the good news. It's the good news of what God has done in Christ. It is the good news of the new creation. This is a lot of people, will, this is what they will think the good news is. Good news is we don't have to keep the Mosaic law anymore. We're, we, you know, we don't, what we don't have to do. They don't look at what we should be thinking about ourselves, what God has called us to from eternity past, that he has a plan for our lives, that we're not of this world, that we're united to the person of Christ in the unique a new way, never before seen in this world. The Bible calls us a new creation. They don't talk about all of that in the detail that it deserves. They talk about what we don't have to do. We don't have to keep the Mosaic. It's just grace. And it's just salvation. And they use they, they don't see how gospel is used here. The truth of the gospel is that sovereignly we have been given the right to trust in Christ by God. We were born in a state of condemnation and we've been given the right to trust in God. But sovereignly also, the way of life. Listen, every person that you give out, go out there and give the gospel to, they're not going to be an Israelite. They're not going to be a Gentile. They're going to be one in Christ. Every single person, every time. I remember I was talking to a guy a long time ago and he was trying to tell me that salvation or, or we're only sons when we grow up into Christ, right? If we understand it, only if we understand it. If we don't, we're not. I said, no, everybody's a son. Just like Christ said in John seventeen twenty, that all of them may be one father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us. The whole church is positionally in Christ. That's it. Now, of course, we should grow up into that, yeah, but we're already in Christ. The moment, like it says in Ephesians 2, we believe and, and then we were raised and seated in, heavenly, in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So the new, this, this whole, the truth of the gospel is not just a reference to that. Let's look at a couple scriptures. Romans 16, 25 and 26 is the first one. We read it last week, I think, or, or somewhere. 16, 25 and 26 says, Now to him who was able to establish you according to my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ. Notice, there's two things. The message I proclaim about Jesus Christ in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past. Paul wasn't telling Gentiles that they had to be circumcised when he gave them the gospel. He wasn't telling Gentiles that, uh, by the way, <clears throat> once you, get, you believe in Christ, you also now have to keep the entire Mosaic law. He wasn't telling them that at all. In fact, he was telling them that they, 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 they were not responsible to keep the Mosaic law. And he was telling them that in, in the face of Judaizers, people who were saying the opposite, that's why they hated Paul so much. That's why they hated him. They wanted him dead. They said, you know what? Paul should be executed for the things that he's running around telling these Gentiles. But Paul is telling you right here. He says, here it is. 
is how he's he's telling people. He says, yeah, it's the message I preach. It's about Jesus Christ in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God so that the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. That's the message. And there's a couple of verses, Ephesians 3, 7 through 9. Let's look at that. <clears throat> Ephesians 3, 7. Now, in this whole, Ephesians is not even talking about salvation, but notice what it's called. I became a servant of this gospel. What, what do you mean, this gospel? Well, it's not just believing in Jesus Christ, but it is the understanding of what that also brings us to unity in the body of Christ and as those who are united to the person of Christ. I became this, this, a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Notice he's saying that's how he became a servant of this gospel because God called him to be an apostle. Although I am less than the least of, the Lord, of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. Is he talking about salvation here? No, he's not. Not at all. And to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery. And that's the dispensation. That's the word, oikonomia, dispensation of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. If he was talking about salvation then all those people prior to its revelation could not have been saved. They would have had to been lost. But he's not talking about salvation. He's mentioning the gospel. He's mentioning how grace. But he's not talking about the gospel. The gospel gets us into all of that. But that's not his subject. It's just like Jude 3. He's able to walk in true gum at the same time. So there's another scripture in 6 that's not in the notes, but you could add it if you want. Here it is, 6, where it says in uh, 18, And pray in the Spirit and all, on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Then he says, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. See, there are some things that we have to stand for. Can't give in. This, Paul's saying, I went to jail for this. Many people have died for this new dispensation. And Paul is saying here, I will not give in. I will not relent. This is who I am. And he says, I'm, I'm in, he's saying pray for me because he's suffering as a result of it. But he's saying that when I open my mouth, that the Holy Spirit will give me the right words to declare fearless, fearlessly the mystery of the gospel. He's, he's not just talking about the gospel. He's talking about the fact that we're in this new age. We're not under the Mosaic law. It's got people upset that we will, will tell people that they're not obligated in certain areas. That's what the issue, that's what the matter 
is. Point C, the truth of the gospel. The first objective is to learn the truth of the gospel, right? This is, there's two stages here, we could say. There's this first step where we got to preach the gospel to people. We got to be ministers of reconciliation. And all of that is, all that is involved there is to preach the gospel, to tell people the good news. Then, after that, we learn to share that truth. And nothing in this world can compare to what God has called us to. So the truth of the gospel that he's talking about to the Galatians is not the gospel, but it is all related. Right? If you believe in the gospel, then you're in the church. You can't believe in the gospel and be a Gentile. And you, then this is what the Jews were saying. They're saying, yeah, yeah, you, you believe the gospel. Yeah, you, you might be saved, but you're still a Gentile. No. Not at all. You're not a Gentile anymore. Or you could believe in the gospel and I'm not a Jew anymore. I, I was raised a Jew. I want to be a Jew. That's what I, my lifestyle and culture is. And you're not a Jew anymore. There's a new agenda out there. And the truth of the gospel here displayed, this term that is being used, is not just being used to say, well, you, are we only talking about the gospel? which is to believe in Jesus Christ and you will have eternal life. It's, we're not just talking about that. He's talking about the truth of the gospel to the Galatians because it all is the same, one and the same thing. It's two different subjects, yes, but it's related. The moment you believe in Christ, you are created, new, spiritual person. Things have happened. The Holy Spirit comes to indwell your body. You become a new creation in Christ. The sealing ministry, the, indu the, the baptism of the Spirit, all of that is unique for us. Point D, many think they know the gospel, but it is in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, right? So the truth of the gospel that he's referring to is not just the gospel, but it is the new way that we have in this dispensation. The gospel is the same, but our calling is what we're ushered into. That's the difference, right? So if we look at, <clears throat> well, we're coming to it, so I'll wait until we get to the point of it, that point. So E, the truth of the gospel might be preserved. For us, I'm so glad that there were those who stood up for this message. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about it today. So notice it says that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. So if we miss the whole point of this, that there were encroaching on the new dispensation, they were saying, that that is not the way. We're going in the wrong direction. You're, Paul, you're leading these Gentiles in the wrong direction. They should be converting to Judaism. There should, they should be under the Mosaic law. They should be circumcised. First, first things first, Paul. Let's get them circumcised. And then we can start working on getting them assimilated into the, the, the culture of, of Judaism. And that was all wrong in fact that was evil 
for the, for them to be urging that upon these Gentiles when there was a new purpose that we've learned this new what this new purpose is and they were resisting it now any resistance to this new dispensation any re- resistance comes from the come from the devil it comes from the evil one the influence of somebody trying to tell you that you must be under the Mosaic law in some form or fashion is wrong. And it should be looked at sideways and as evil and coming from the enemy. It, it is ministers of righteousness. That's what who are touting such a message. And it says their actions will be what they deserve. So this truth of the gospel might be preserved for us. And you know it is. We have it. It's the Word of God today. So no matter who approaches the Word of God, they can look at it, but the statements that we have in Scripture validate the fact that we are not under the Mosaic Law. And I tell you, when I was Adventist, and in the book, you could read it in the preference, we were staunchly trying to keep the, the commandments and all these things, the dietary restrictions and such. We say, oh, some of the law is done away with, but we're still under the law. That's what people were saying. And uh, we, I give an example of how my mom was lis- listening to the book of Galatians, and she said, if I didn't know any better, I would think Paul was saying that we don't have to keep the law. And that was the truth of the matter. By reading, just reading the Bible, you're not going to come away with that you should keep the law. You're not. And that pretty much is the record. That's what we have. That's what was forged, established by God the Holy Spirit as this is the direction we must go. We have it in writing. People may resist it, twist it, distort it, but to their own destruction. Point F. This message has been preserved in this way. The written word of God, the spirit of truth, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Yeah, we have the Bible, the written testimony, just like the Mosaic Law. God said, write it in a book. That's the, now we don't have much from other, the Gentile perspective. God wanted us, those who are, of us who are called uh, in, in the church, he wanted us to have our instructions in writing, the completed word of God. Paul talks about that as well. So this message, has been, that's how it's been preserved. So we got two ways that we can focus on. One, the word of, written word of God, and then two, the spirit of truth, who interprets what the written word of God is for us. So those two ways help us understand what God's will for us in this life. G, and in the hearts of those who believe and accept their calling as ambassadors for the new creation in Christ. Notice, I'm not just saying we're ambassadors for Christ. But what is the subject in 2 Corinthians 5.1? What is the big reveal there? Here, 5.17. 
He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. What's the old? Adam. You're not in Adam anymore. What's the new? In Christ. The new creation in Christ. The old things have lost their power over you. The new things are here. Why? Because of what the work of the Spirit has done. is united us to the person of Christ. We're now in Christ. <clears throat> so when he talks about all this... All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So when we have this ministry of reconciliation, are we just generally telling people that to believe in Christ and that's it? And we walk away from them without the understanding that there's this new designation of those who are in Christ? No. We, we are really ministers of reconciliation so that people can be in Christ. That is the point. So when we're ambassadors, we're not just ambassadors to get people saved. We're ambassadors in this age for the new creation in Christ. That's who we are. So how do we... Is is our message going to... How, how, do we run around telling people about these... Uh, deep things of God, or how do we do it? Well, all of this is in our minds as we approach people, that we are in Christ, they're not under the law. They may be functioning as Jews or Gentiles, but when we come to them, we're telling them that you have to, it's, it's about Christ. And once we bring them to Christ, God does the rest of the work. He simultaneously baptizes them in the spirit and then they're in Christ and then God owns them. They're part of the new creation. Their names were chosen in Christ before the creation of the world. So we have the privilege of being ambassadors for the new creation. We can't be ambassadors for anything else we can't be ambassadors for Israel if we wanted to. We can't be ambassadors for Gentiles if we wanted to. We can only be ambassadors for the new creation. That's it. That's the truth. That's the reality for anybody who believes in Christ in this age. And that was true in Paul's day when there was all of this confusion and influence being... Uh, told and you know the gentiles especially there was influence on both sides influence on jews to stay jews and reject a new dispensation Gentiles, influence on gentiles to become jews we're moving forward point six galatians 2 6 as for those who were held in high esteem whatever they were makes no difference to me God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. Let's, let's look at it. So Paul came. Remember, he came to, <clears throat> he came to there as to Jerusalem. This is a story that he's telling. He's not telling you a, a timeline here. He's giving you examples so that he could help the Galatians understand the truth of the gospel. And he's recalling when they went to Jerusalem, and this is what happened, right? So he says, uh, point A, those held in high esteem. 
And we already saw that in verse 2, those esteemed leaders. If we go back to Galatians, right? We're in Galatians 2, 2, where it says, I went in response to a revelation and meeting and meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders. I presented them the gospel I preach among the Gentiles. Well, what was the gospel Paul preached among the Gentiles? It was had to do with the revelation of the mystery. He didn't tell the Gentiles that they needed to keep the Mosaic law. He told them who they were in Christ. So he wanted to make sure they were all on the same page, that he had not been running his race in vain. He wanted there to be a united front for the world and the church to perform its calling. So that was, <clears throat> that was the first thought. Those were those leaders those respected. Remember, Paul, a lot of Paul's ministry was in the north. And so he, when he was making inroads in the south, the people were very nervous of who he was at first. And the Jerusalem is in the south, just a note. So, but he, they were nervous about him because they weren't sure. But after a while, the news about Paul changed and they realized that he was on the right side. And so they saw that. And they welcomed him. Point B, Jewish influence was prominent in the early church, even among the apostles at times. So really, this matter needed to be settled. It, they needed to have this out. It needed, it needed to be recorded so we could have the truth of this and, and not be swept away by whatever influences they were. And we could, oh, we'll take the side of the those Jews who were trying to campaign for the Mosaic Law. Or, no, we'll take the side of, of Paul and Barnabas. No, it had the matter had to be settled. And we should know that it was not the bastion of freedom. We can read Galatians and we can say, oh, yeah, all the apostles were on the side. No, they, they had to be convinced as well. The leaders of the church had to be convinced that this was the right way. How do we know we're, we're, we're doing what is right or, or thinking what is right? Because we have it forged in writing for us. Just like God wrote with his finger on the Ten Commandments, it talks about that. Well, now we have it forged in signs, wonders, and miracles that this is the way to go. There is no other way to go. There is no other. If you go in another way, it is false. This is the way God has established. So Jerusalem is where church began. And this is where it was established. But when you look at Acts chapter 2, when Pentecost first came, God did begin with the Jews. He did. So we can understand Jewish influence being prominent in the early church. And even there were... We, we're getting ready, he's getting ready to recall an incident with Peter. So we can see the strength of the Jewish influence, even on the apostles who had the introduction from Jesus about this new age. And we have Peter who had the vision of the clean and the unclean animals let down in the sheet and three times. And then he went to the Gentiles. He saw all that, but the influence was still strong. There are a lot of people today very influenced 
by religious people. People who are religious carry with them a certain uh, air of dignity and respect, and piety, and all these things that we have associated with close to God, when really a lot of it is just religious behavior. And the Jews were very prominent in this. They had flowing robes and the people gave them great respect. Even the disciples that followed Jesus, when Jesus said something to the Pharisees, they were, they were said, whoa, do you know you, that was a Pharisee you talked to. Do you realize that they were angry about that? And the Pharisees were going to Christ and saying, why your disciples are not washing their hands according to the teachings of the elders? So it was back and forth. The disciples often found Jesus to be in conflict with the religious leaders. And remember, religious people are who put Christ on the cross. Jesus says, they, those who think they are serving God will kill you. Religious people are not our friends. They're our mission field. That's who they are. They're not our friends. They may kill you. They will persecute you. They will hate you. They, all of those things are true of this world's religious people. Be careful out there. So anyway, it says, whatever they were didn't make any difference to me. This is point C. Whatever they were didn't matter what others thought about them or what they thought about themselves. The spirit of truth leads the church. We're not influenced by their way they think because they hate, hate grace or they hate the new way, the new dispensation. We can't allow their hatred and their determination to keep the Mosaic law to lead in the church. It's the spirit of truth who leads and we know which direction he's going. We already know. And we have to stand for what he stands for. And that is the new age. The new age information, the age appropriate information. So this, this is, the religious influence is still with us today. We have to stand up for it. Not the same exactly as it was in the early church, but we have the record. Point D. Politics is concerned about what is popular among the people. Truth and the spirit of truth should be the only motivation of the church. We are not going to poll the people to figure out what they like in the church. What the people like is not. They don't know. People, the, the, the people coming into the church and the people who are outside of the church can't influence what the church is. We have to influence the world. And the only way we're going to influence the world is by bringing, helping God do what he's trying to do in this world, and that is to bring many sons into glory. Now, politics goes out and surveys their constituents and, and tries to figure out what they can, what best pleases the people and what laws will be best for the people. God already knows what's best for the church. He's the one who built the church, and the church's influence is what God wants it to be. The only way we're going to know that is 
following the spirit of truth's motivation. That's it. We're not here to settle or compromise what people want. Point E. The early church was a weak and immature church. And you know, it's interesting how that goes. We know the word napias is used. Napias in 1 Corinthians 3.1 and Ephesians 4.14. You've heard this word before. It talks about childish, immature. Uh, an adult who's three, but they're going on 30. They should be grown up, but they still behave in an immature way. And, and this is spiritually speaking. This is, this is not a person who has mental uh, problems adapting. We're talking about spiritually, the person is a baby. And it's a willful baby. He doesn't want to grow up. He or she doesn't want to grow up. So, you know, you go to a lot of churches and they talk about, wow, the power was in the early church. Man, if we could just get back to those early church, wow, the Holy Ghost revivals and things that were going on in the early church. Yeah, it was a lot of racism, false influences, immaturity. Yeah, no, we don't want to go back to the first early church. We want to grow up and mature. When Paul says in 1 Corinthians, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I reasoned as a child. But when I became an adult, I put childish ways behind me. Well, the early church was involved in childish reasoning, childish ways. And Paul is saying the only way to get past that is to grow up. Put it behind you. And that analogy he's given is not just him telling you his maturation. That analogy is about the church. The maturation of the church. That's what he's talking about. Point E. Oh, that was point E. <laughs> Early church. We won't go through. I will give you 1 Corinthians 3.1 and Ephesians 4.14 to read. F. We got and we got to quit pretty soon here. This is the last one. The early church was a weak. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. We must not only believe in the new dispensation, all right, but also embrace it. And this is where it is. This is the truth of the gospel. We don't, we don't want to just say, well, oh yeah, I'm I'm before. Yeah, I understand. We're not under the law. I understand. We're, we're not under its. Uh, you know, uh, the commandments and the ordinances and things that are, are told to us in the Old Testament. That's not the way of life for us. And, but we have to know that we, we, not only do we reject that, because that is not who we are, but we have to embrace what, what we are. So, and there's... There's a lot of thought here, and we're not going to have time to develop it, but I want to show you how to, to look at this through the dispensation that we're in. We're in a new... Just imagine if, if the Mosaic Law came about, God spoke on the mountaintop, and it shook, and the lightning, and peals of thunder, and all of that was going on, and the people were shaking in their boots and their sandals... They were just afraid because first they said, we want God to tell us directly. So God says, okay, prepare yourselves. 
I'll be down on the mountain, and this is how I want it to all go. And the people said, okay, after all that big display, you know what they said? God, you can have Moses talk to us. That will be fine. And so God had it condensed to writing. He did this, and he let them know what his way was. Can you imagine the people at this point saying, you know, I think things were better when we didn't have this new revelation. I think we decide to go back to, and when I say, say this, I'm not saying it out of the blue. That is what happened. They didn't want to do what God's new age dictated. They said, we want to go back to the Egypt to the, whoa, we're longing for what we had when we were in Egypt, under slavery. We would rather be enslaved and in Egypt, and things were better for us then than they are now. So I'm telling you the difference of why this was imposed upon them, because the dispensation changed for Israel, for these people who were products of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Just the apple of God's eye, the nation Israel. He established his nation. Of course, people had their own opinions about it. We'll talk about more of this next week. And the reason I bring this up, because God did the same thing in the church. Not only did he bring forth his Christ, the Son of the living God, but he brought forward this new age information that was hidden before time began. And yet people are, have the same attitude. Some love it, some don't care about it, and some hate it. So we'll talk more about this thought next week. We're gonna to have to close for the sake of time. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Father, for this time we have this afternoon now we are grateful for the calling and the fact that we can talk about these things openly father we pray for all of those who are here under the sound of my voice that we will understand the areas where we need correction and where we need to focus our attention and we will be able to follow the spirit of truth and that we will know the influence of the spirit of truth and the influence of evil. And we'll be able to distinguish and make sure that we follow the spirit of truth in humility. Thank you for those who have listened and have been a part of our service. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.